Secret Messages Embedded Codes The Monday Morning Memo for April 29th, 2013 Finally, an authentic encoded message And you'll never guess where The Da Vinci Code was published in 2003 exactly 10 years ago The book has been denounced as an attack on the Catholic Church and sharply criticized for its historical and scientific inaccuracies but that hasn't kept it from selling more than 80 million copies in 44 languages. The story is fiction, marketed as fiction, and contains only a bare sprinkling of tautly stretched connections to reality. But millions of wide-eyed gullibles accepted the Da Vinci Code as truth anyway. In 2006, Virginia Fellows published The Shakespeare Code, purportedly proving that William Shakespeare was actually Sir Francis Bacon. This wasn't the first book written, however, in an attempt to prove that Shakespeare wasn't Shakespeare. More than 4,500 such books had been published prior to 1949, and nobody tried to keep a running tally after that. From page four of the prologue in the book Contested Will, Who Wrote Shakespeare? by James Shapiro. Just eight days before Barack Obama was re-elected President of the United States, reporter Jack Kovacs wrote, A well-known Bible Code researcher has bad news for Barack Obama, as he claims hidden texts in the Holy Bible indicate Mitt Romney will be America's next president. According to Moshe Aaron Schock, an Orthodox Jew and author of Bible Code's Breakthrough, for those not familiar with Bible codes, they are said to be secret messages embedded in the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. Those who claim the code's validity say they disclose information about both the past and the future. <laughs> we are a funny species, are we not? Methinks Terry Rossio was speaking about all of us when he said, The magic of a secret decoder ring lies not in its ability to code and decode messages, but in allowing children the belief that they possess knowledge worth keeping secret. When it comes to treasure maps and coded messages, is there anyone among us who is not a child? You keep your secrets and I keep mine. They are among our most prized possessions. But how often do you hold a secret that means the difference between life and death? When Miguel de Cervantes wrote Don Quixote de la Mancha in 1605, he was keeping such a secret, and he hid it openly within his book. The Spanish Inquisition was in full swing. Anyone holding a copy of the contraband New Testament translated into Spanish by Juan Perez de Pineda would immediately be put to death. Indeed, Julian Hernandez had already been tortured for three years and burned at the stake for it, along with more than 100 other people during the 17 years prior to 1605. What do you suppose motivated Miguel de Cervantes to quietly shout, I have a copy of this forbidden New Testament, and I'm looking at it right now, from the pages of Don Quixote. Yet, this is precisely what he does in Part 1, Chapter 9. And again, in Part 2, Chapter 34, when he describes in detail the complex image on the cover of the forbidden Pineda New Testament. Two things can easily be a coincidence, and at a stretch, three, says my friend Massimiliano Giorgini. 
But when you have the convergence of four or five indicators, you're probably no longer looking at a coincidence. In Don Quixote, Cervantes describes the cover of the Pineda New Testament in seven highly specific ways. Even more compelling is Giorgini's exposition on the following visual similarity. When the name Quixote is spelled in Gothic letters, it appears strikingly similar to the classic Greek ichthys fish symbol, followed by the Greek spelling for fish, an acronym you've seen all your life, one which has been used for 2,000 years as a symbol for Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. The similarity between one Quixote and two the fish symbol, followed by the Greek letters spelling fish, could easily be written off as coincidence if it weren't for this curious passage in part two of Don Quixote, in which Cervantes tells the story of a fictional, really bad painter. Perhaps he would paint a rooster in such a fashion and so unlike one that he would need to write next to it in Gothic letters, this is a rooster. And so it must be with my story, which will require a commentary in order to understand it. Massimiliano Giorgini has been a highly regarded music producer for more than 20 years, working closely with bands such as Green Day. He holds a degree in psychology from Purdue University, and his theory of mind is so compelling that a prestigious government intelligence organization known by its initials recruited Mass one year ago to come to work for them as a cryptographer. His code-breaking of intercepted messages has been so stunningly accurate that more than 90 extremely bad guys were caught in the act and taken off the streets during Mass's first year on the job. Oh, I forgot to tell you. The world's greatest Quixote scholars consider Mass to be a colleague. Massimiliano Giorgini was first brought to Wizard Academy five years ago by his mentor, Dr. Howard Mansing, a world-renowned Quixote scholar, a Wizard Academy cognoscenti, and the author of the Cervantes Encyclopedia. So no. Mass Giorgini cannot be written off as a wide-eyed fool who sees patterns where none exist. In fact, the little thumbnail sketch I gave you today was just a tiny whiff of his mighty research article published in the spring 2012 issue of the scholarly journal of the Cervantes Society of America. Mass calls his article, Cervantes Lands a Left Hook baiting the Inquisition with ekphrastic subversion. Mass Giorgini has proven, to my satisfaction at least, that Miguel de Cervantes disagreed with the Spanish Inquisition and that he shouted so from the pages of his wildly successful book of fiction. But it was a shout that no one would hear for more than 400 years. Since there is no one else to do it, I will take it upon myself, for it is a thing that needs to be done. Massimiliano, on behalf of Miguel de Cervantes, let me say thank you. The shout has at last been heard. Roy H. Williams P.S. What is the one area of your life that could allow you to accomplish more by doing less? 
The One Thing, a new best-selling book by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, helps you identify and leverage your one thing for greater success. In this week's interview, Jay Papasan talks about the advantages of having a one-track mind. Jay's co-author, Gary Keller, used his one thing to build Keller Williams Realty, the largest real estate franchise in America. What's your one thing? Listen in and Jay will help you discover it. MondayMorningRadio.com